Today's read, Midnight, A Gangsta Love Story by Sister Soja. Chapter 33, Loose Ends. Wednesday, after situating Naja, Uma and I went on a house search. There were four properties lined up for us to check out. We were smarter now, she and I. Smarter than when we first got duped into renting out our apartment in the fucked up hood we still lived in. The Bronx house we went to had stairs that were caving in. The owner described it as a fixer upper. The Brooklyn house wasn't too bad construction wise, but it was situated next to an active weed spot. So many different faces kept moving in and out just in the half an hour we were there. The Harlem house was across the street from the projects. Strangely, it was the only house next door to so many buildings. The last house was sturdy, but it was attached to three gutted out buildings. No good. These were the places that listed the prices that we could afford. Uma was disgusted. We both agreed that there was no reason for us to move out of a horrible place into a terrible place. If we were gonna make a move, it needed to be a real improvement or else what's the point of parting with our hard earned capital? I was feeling kind of low. Still, I picked up a new issue of the New York Daily News and the Amsterdam News as well. In a random bodega on the side of the Bontan bin, I picked up a pamphlet listing houses for sale by owner throughout the state of New York. I marked down the most decent possibilities presented in those papers. Later, at the dojo, we sat silently on the floor with all of the other fighters. Sensei was up front, setting up the class, then walking down the rows of his students, various ages, young and old. Sometimes, us young ones were more advanced in skill than the few 18 and 19-year-olds. But the two old guys who showed up to the dojo regularly They were not to be slept on. Amir was seated one row across from me and one row back. I saw he had a cut on his face, but I could also tell the two-inch wound running vertically under his left eye and beside his nose was in the beginning phase of healing. He had his hands on his knees, and they were all scratched up. He had a fight with his girl, I figured. Some neck stupid shit. Chris tried to gesture something to me, but Sensei's eyes were swift, so he pulled back and waited until class was over. What happened? One of them girls flipped out on you? All three of them girls is fucking crazy, I said to Amir, referring to Redbone in him. Where you been, he asked me. You missed Dojo Monday night. First time, he said. I had to do something for my moms, I said. I got your money. 
the 25 you lent me last week, and I got some money for Chris to hold towards our car fund, Amir said, pulling out a small stack of singles. He counted out $25 and handed it to me. He counted out $100 and handed it to Chris. Now what y'all got? I know y'all ain't stopped hooping for paper just because we in the league now, right? He asked me and Chris. We could head to the park right now and hustle something up, but I've been mad busy for the past week, I told both of them. We better do that, because I ain't got nothing to put in this week either, Chris added. Yo, the red team is crazy, Amir said with emphasis, us three walking. That's your team, I said. Chris laughed. The coach didn't show up for practice the other night, so as a team, we agreed, fuck it, let's run it anyway. Amir began telling his new story from the red team. So, I told everybody, let's just run it the same way we've been running it when coach is here. So, the red hook nigga on the team was like, nah, fuck that. I was like, fuck what? Because he ain't have no reason to disagree. He just wanted to disagree and shit. So he said, you ain't the coach and you ain't team captain. So I told him, we about to vote for team captain tonight after practice like coach said. So he said, fuck it, let's vote right now. So this nigga asked, who don't want me to be the captain? So nobody answered because of how he asked the question. So he said, good, then I'm the captain. I said, wait a minute, that's not how you take a vote by asking who don't want something. We supposed to find out how many people want to be considered to be captain and then vote from among the candidates. He gonna say, too late, nigga, I'm the captain. Nobody raised their hand up when I asked the question, so there you go. I said, let's just let the best player on the team be captain and everybody knows that's me. So this nigga swung on me. I ducked, it was on, we started fighting. The other two niggas from East New York told the rest of the team to chill while we two fought it out. I knew they wasn't going to jump in on my side because I didn't jump in for them the last time the team had a fight. Now, this red hook nigga got two long nails on each hand like a bitch. I'm fighting this dude straight up. He fighting me like a motherfucking girl, scratching and scraping me up and shit. When he scratched my face, it wasn't nothing to me. But when I put my finger on it and drew back the blood, yo, I was vexed. I hit that motherfucker with my right hook and sent his ass flying all the way back to Red Hook, Amir said. We all three cracked up laughing. So what happened, I asked. Amir's the team captain, Chris answered. Hell yeah, Amir said. And when that nigga got up off the floor, the Red Hook niggas wanted to jump bad together and fight me too. That's when I set the bet up. I told him, fuck fighting because y'all ain't going to shoot a fair one. Who got some paper? I asked him. Everybody had a little paper on them except the motherfucker who I knocked out. He had nothing but dirt in his pocket. So he bounced. I ain't give a fuck. I'll play any one of y'all niggas for whatever you got in your pockets. I told the rest of them. I took them on one by one. One on one, one by one made $200 by the time practice was over. The dude who I fought came busting back through the door almost two hours later talking about he had $50 in a turntable. Just like a fucking crackhead. He said he'll play me for whatever amount I already won. 
I acted like I was backing down on the bed. He made a whole big rah-rah like he was going to win back all the money for the whole team and take over the captain's position. Blah, blah, blah. Amir bragged. So what happened? I asked. Amir's still the team captain, Chris said with a laugh. How you going to get it? I asked. Get what? Amir asked. His turntable, I said. I got it already. That nigga brought it in the gym with him when he came back that same night. No bag, no box, no wires, nothing. Just barehanded, carrying this shit like it was a book or something. When I told him, pay up the $50, he slapped a leather wallet in my hand and a watch fell out of his pocket. I looked through the wallet. It had $50 in it and some white man's driver's license. I looked at this fool and realized he just went outside and found somebody who he could beat up and knocked him over the head. I don't know where he got the turntable from, though. I know he stole it because, like I said, when he first got to practice, he was empty-handed and didn't have no money, Amir said. So you've seen him since then, I asked. The next night we had practice, the coach showed up this time. At first, we was all cooled out like nothing was the matter. Then coach said, it's time for y'all to choose a team captain. Then another dude said, Amir's our captain. We chose him last night. Then the nigga who I fought had the fucking audacity to say, nah, we should do it over because coach wasn't here. The whole team started arguing. These idiots started running their mouths and snitching on one another. Then the coach squashed everything. He said, we ain't supposed to play each other for money. We supposed to play the other teams for the big money. Coach said, y'all some $2 niggas. I said, nah, I'm a $200 nigga and it's right here in my pocket. We all laughed. At the park, I hung back while Amir set up a bet. As I watched him doing all the talking, all I could think was, somebody gonna clap my man. He puts himself out there too quick and too easy. He humiliates other cats with his skills. It never mattered much before, but I knew being on the red team with some desperate type youths and making enemies out of each of them wasn't going to end right. I told myself I needed to watch his back better. There wasn't nobody else around to hold him down when he was shooting off at the mouth. I was surprised that the kid he fought didn't show up the next night on some bang bang shit. I didn't think Amir ran into the grimy kind of niggas that be on my block. The kind you couldn't leave half dead cause the shit wouldn't be finished until there was one or two bodies laying on the ground. Yo, I'm sorry about homegirl and shit. Amir apologized after a close game. I'm gonna make her pay you for your clothes. You was chilling that night. I know they cost you a grip. Get it if you can. But if I have to meet up with her to get it, she can keep it. That's one girl who can make me catch a bullshit case, I told him. Word to the mother, Chris said. I got a new girl anyway, and she got some new friends, Amir said. No thanks, I said. Chris laughed knowingly. Late at night, I moved around the apartment quietly. 
I showered and made my prayers. My finger pressed play for the voicemail messages. The first message was from her. Akimi, Ashituru. And then all I heard was the click. After listening to four other calls, all of them business, it was the first message, her message, that kept playing in my head. My heart said I would show up to check Akimi at Pratt tomorrow night. My head reminded me that I needed to set limits and not go too far. My body said, stop fucking around and go get your girl. I wanted to see Akimi as soon as possible.